Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is mostly about music and creative culture in London. And London was very much the star of today's episode, as well as the band Fur. So, let me walk you through the chronological order of this episode. First of all, I went to the Monday night open mic that we have at Crescent Cafe, which is all of about 30 steps away from Mornington Crescent Station. You come out the station, you turn left, and I think it's right next door to the station. We have an open mic there on Mondays that starts at 6.30. So I met up with Romeo earlier in the day and helped him set up, and I was there for a bit of that open mic. And I wanted to I wanted to talk to some of the people who are performing because there were quite a few new faces. So the first people you'll hear me talk to are Liam and Nina, who were two performers that I had never seen at one of our nights before. And they came together and they cheered each other on, which I always appreciate in performance. It's very easy to be a bit of a one-man show 24-7, but to actually support someone else, I appreciated that. So I stole a moment to talk to them outside of the cafe. But while we were talking, as you'll hear in this episode, the next performer was asking for me from inside. So while we're talking, you'll hear people going, Roy, Roy, Roy. So I have to kind of run off and uh, attend to that. That performer, his name is Frederick, and I very much hope I get to talk to him on this podcast in the future. Because as you'll hear again, while I'm talking to Liam and Nina, we can't help but notice how good Frederick is in the background. So we cut our conversation short to go and check him out. So that's the first part of this episode. I was there until maybe about half past eight. So this is Mornington Crescent near Camden area. Side note, there are so many venues in Camden. There's Coco, there's, and now my mind has gone blank to China. There's the Roundhouse, there is Dingwalls, and the one I went to is the Camden Assembly because Fur were playing there. And they were headlining. And I think this is the first time I've seen them headline a show in London. So I was very excited. So I sent them a message early in the day asking what time they'd be on. And they said about 9 o'clock. So around half 8, I left Crescent Cafe. See, the Crescent Cafe or Crescent Coffee. One of the two. But I left there. It's about a 15-minute walk to the Camden Assembly venue. Walked up to there. Got my ticket. I very narrowly missed out on getting a free ticket because I think one of the members' mums had just been given a bunch of tickets to hand out and she'd just given out her last one. So I bought a ticket the old-fashioned way. I did happen to bump into each member of the band before they played and you know, had a quick hug and good luck. Great to see you again. And for those of you who don't remember, because Fur are the first band I ever interviewed for this podcast. And that is back on episode number 11. So do feel free to check that out. They are... Flynn on the drums, Tav on bass, Harry on lead guitar, and Murray as lead vocals. And they now have another member named Josh, who plays synths and tambourine and backing vocals as well. So I said a quick hello to each member before they played. They played. They were awesome. I said a bit of a hello to Harry's family in the audience, because, as you'll hear in this episode, the family really shows up when Fur comes to play. And I talked to them about talking to them for the podcast after the show. The show was awesome. Everyone took a set list from the stage. And I took a photo of someone else's set list. Her name is Haley, And then I sneakily climbed on stage and grabbed the set list from the drum kit. So I went back downstairs in the venue, said hi to Flynn. and said, great show. He was very sweaty. They were all very sweaty. It was re- it's a really hot day in general. It was particularly hot there. And they don't exactly dress for all the weather. 
but hey, fashion first. So I said hi to Flynn, asked him to sign the set list. I did eventually get each member of the band to sign the set list, which I will give to Yara because I mentioned, I think, on the last episode that today is her birthday. But unfortunately, well, yesterday, the day of the show was her birthday, but unfortunately she couldn't make it to the show. So I will give her the signed set list as a gift. Spoke to Flynn a little bit, spoke to Tav a little bit, and then I got to chat to Harry for the podcast. Just caught up with him quickly because it was very much their night. There were a lot of people to see, a lot of high-fiving and hugs to dole out. So I just talked to him very briefly about the most recent song they released, which is called What Would I Do? And I'll put a link to the YouTube video in the notes for this episode. Just to give us a bit of an insight into their songwriting process, and I got to ask a bit about the new member, Josh, how they came to meet him and how well he's joined the band. You will hear at the end of our conversation that I think it's Tav who came up to us and said, hey, have you said hello to these people? So I let them go about their night. I was moving back towards the entrance of the venue, and there were a few fans getting their pictures taken with the band. That's how good these guys are. I told you this from the first time I interviewed them. The only way is up for these folks. And I happened to notice just outside the main entrance... Uh, the singer of Murray's family. Murray is Will Murray, by the way. Murray's his surname. There are two Wills in the band. So one they call Murray, the other they call Tav. Murray's family was just outside the venue. And I vaguely remember saying hi to them when I last interviewed the band at the Old Blue Last. So I said hello again, and they remembered me. And I asked if I could talk to them for the podcast. So I next talked to Murray's dad, his big sister, his mum, and his future brother-in-law. And I get a really really endearing look at Murray's musical background, including some potential footage of him performing Smells Like Teen Spirit at age 10, which, fingers crossed, someday might be unearthed. Maybe on the greatest hits, that can be part of the the extras. (laughs) Who knows? But yeah, it was a really nice, interesting look at the background to his musical development. After I spoke to them, I happened to bump into someone who was stood next to me during the show. Her name is Marnie, and she is the older sister of Flynn, the drummer. So I talked to her a little bit as well about Flynn's background. She seemed a little bit bashful in front of the microphone, but she was fantastic, and I like to try and capture the authenticity and the realness of each conversation. So, Marnie, if you listen to this, you, you, were, you were great. There was nothing embarrassing, nothing you shouldn't have said on here at all. It was fantastic, and thank you very much for your time. So then I got to see the rest of the members, a quick, you know, well done, great to see you, look forward to seeing you again, got them all to sign the set list, and let them go about their night, because when it comes to a live show, there isn't always a lot of time to just sit back and hang out with everyone, so I don't want to become a nuisance. They're busy, they've got stuff to do, so I just I did my part and then let them enjoy the rest of their night, let them bask in the glow of their fantastic performance. Heading home, I'm on the Northern Line train heading back, and I happen to be sat next to the person whose set list I took a picture of. Her name is Haley. She was on the train with her friend Sol. And we got talking very briefly. The thing about the Northern Line train is that when you least expect it, it suddenly gets very, very loud. As in, impossible to hold a conversation loud. But we had a quick chat. I at least managed to exchange Instagram details, so maybe we'll keep in touch. They told me they are seeing Pearl Jam tonight. And Sol had a... a tote bag for... Phoenix, the band, it said T Ammo on it, so I got to tell them about how I've seen Phoenix and they should definitely get to they should definitely see them if they get the chance because they're amazing. And they left the train and someone else has sat a bit further down on the train. He came up to me and said, Hey, I heard you were talking about music. Are you a music journalist then? And I put on my game face and said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I said, oh, do you mind if I tell you about my band, you know, just in case you could help us out? And I said, sure. And so naturally I hit record. And we talked very briefly because, as I mentioned, this train gets very loud very unexpectedly. I didn't know when it would get loud again. So we kept the chat short just to at least say hi and to record some proof that this conversation happened. So the last person I speak to on this episode is Fraser, who is part of the band for the artist Kitty O'Neill. So he very quickly gives me essentially the elevator pitch for that band. So, once again, in order, because it is a bit of a whirlwind episode, a lot happens. First, I speak to Liam and Nina outside the open mic at Crescent Coffee. Then, after making my way to the Camden Assembly, I talk to Harry, the guitarist of the band Fur, after Fur finished playing. Then I speak to the family of Murray, who is the singer in the band Fur. I speak to his dad, big sister, his mum and his future brother-in-law. And then I speak to Marnie, who is the big sister of Flynn, the drummer for Fur. And then lastly, I speak to Fraser, who plays the double bass in the band for the artist Kitty O'Neill. London. You never know what's going to happen next. Anyway, enjoy the conversations, and I'll see you at the end with a little bit of original music. See you later. That's, ex- that's exactly how I like it. Don't know what to say, don't know what to expect, what's it's going to go. I press record, by the way, I probably should have made that clear. <laughs> let's sit, let's sit, let's get comfortable. Let's relax. It's like this all adds again to the atmosphere because I have just met these two very lovely people I'm about to talk to. So understandably, they're a little bit nervous about where this might go, but relax, take a breath. I just like to get to know the two of you. So, what are your names? Let's start there. My name's Liam. I'm Nina. So, how did you two first meet? Um, we met at college when I was 18 and Nina was 19. I was actually not 18, I was 17. Um, and then, yeah, and then we had like a passion to move to London and pursue music, and that's what we've kind of been doing. So, where was college then? Oh, in Bedford. Bedford, Bedford. So, how long ago did you move to London? Um, like back and forth since about. How old? I don't know. Like. About three years ago. 20? Yeah, about 20. Remember? Maybe about four years. Back and forth like a yo-yo Sorry, pretty much. No idea. Um, yeah, just back and forth for like four years pretty much. I went travelling for like a year and then like and they came back and then we were kind of just like Yeah, and then we just kinda of spontaneously go to these things and have no idea what we're doing and just go with it really. Because we love to sing. Love so, so when you first met at college, were you studying music to some degree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were doing like... Oh, a- I think someone said, someone said my name. So, one second, this is, this is what I love about the authenticity. Oh, did you say my name? Yeah, can you do the, the world premiere thing? Oh, one phone, guys. Another world premiere! Thank you, thank you much. I'm recording a podcast, but no big deal. That's you. Uh, yeah, so I'll make this quick, because I think I'm going to join that guy in his song. So, you were studying music, was it, or not? Um, yeah, yeah, so we were studying music at college and then like we'd done a year of it and then we were decided just to move to London and pursue music pretty much and that's how we're still going. We just go to like open mics and just sing. So we love to sing. I love the romanticism. We of love to sing. To, <laughs> <laughs> deciding to just come to London and pursue music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what if everything goes according to plan? What is the plan? Like, is there a plan? Or is it just see what happens? I don't really have a plan. I just like... We'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I just like singing. It just makes, yeah. me, makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know. Like, to perform on, like, a really big... I mean, I would really like to perform on a festival stage at, like, I don't know, Glastonbury or something. With my little ukulele. And, like, just go for it. 
and like it'd be cool if Nina was there too and then <laughs> I could come along I guess you know? no no like she could perform with me I want her to I want to perform together like, like we did at college so. that is why I wanted to talk to you because you came together I appreciate yeah. kind of the mutual partnership if you will of cheering each other on so you're about to, Nina you're about to say what your goal is what your dream would be? It, dream would be just to make music that I really like. And I don't think I would do like massive performances, just sort of chilled out ones. Um, and just kind of chilled out music that I like, basically. What did you do a cover of tonight? Georgia Smith, um, on my mind. Nice choice, real nice choice. Like I felt compelled to join you <laughs> on the drums. That's fresh. good. Yeah, it was good. I mean, what was your choice of cover tonight? Um, mine was just like Adele, Hometown Glory. Because when I went travelling, I sang that song a lot. And so it reminded me of just like missing home. Because I love London. So. And I think that, you know, it's definitely come across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love love but do you guys... <laughs> do either of you make your own music at this stage then? Are you writing your own songs? I write stuff occasionally. I'm teaching myself to play the piano. Because there's this George Smith song that I really, really love, and I would love to be able to be able to sing it and play it at the same time. Um, that's the only thing. With that and something else I've heard. Other than that, I can't. Literally can't at all. But um, I think that's a good enough reason to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Like YouTube tutorials at the moment to try and learn. Yeah, literally just go along with YouTube and then watch someone play it. Try and do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Got to start somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And you've mentioned something of a ukulele there, Liam? Oh, yeah, I play ukulele. Yeah, he does sound good. Oh, this guy. Is that the blonde one? Yeah. Oh, so, so we can get in there. Where can people find your music? Is there anything online at the moment? Or just like a, a Facebook page or something? For me, not at the minute. We're going to. We're just like drifting our way out. We're just trying to get out there again and just start fresh. Like, I don't know, you know, just like... But I will like my own music and my ukulele that I'm playing and like, yeah, I'm just going to gain some experience and then start opening my channels to uh, make our ways out there, I guess. Well, hopefully next time I talk to you both, there'll be I've got this Facebook page, this YouTube page, this yeah. Instagram, and all that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. give me tickets to your next gig. Okay. But thanks a lot for your time. Let's get in there and check the guy out. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Right, um, we're recording, so we're just outside the Camden Assembly. Nice to steal a little bit of a moment with the rock star of the night, Harry. How are you feeling after the show? I am. Um, I'm feeling great. Like that was that was really fun. Sweaty. Uh, sweaty. Stupid me wearing a suit. I've got to salute but... you guys. Your, your wardrobe choices. There's commitment to the aesthetic. Yeah. No matter how hot it gets. Yeah. That's the thing. We we had serious debates before going on. Like, just wear a t-shirt. <laughs> no. Uh, no, we have to wear, doesn't wear t-shirt. The jacket stays on. Um, we haven't got too much time because you've got to get out there and greet the people. Yes. You've been mingle. pretty busy tonight and pretty busy since I last saw you. Yeah. If only could talk about one of the, the new release you've had since I last saw you mm-hmm. is What Would I Do? Yeah. Could you talk me through the inception and the birth of that song? So what came first? So it was a song that Murray wrote and he kind of, like, as it is now, hasn't really changed that much. Uh, the arrangement, all the instruments are pretty much the same. We were coming down to, like, okay, we want to do one more single... Uh, before we do any more releases in the year. We're going to do one more single. And it was kind of a toss-up between uh, a song called I Never Want You Around, which is quite, um, you know, it's quite fun and energetic, and or What Would I Do, which really sort of encapsulates our 60s, uh, like our influences. And um, But one we thought about it was like, it could be, it's really safe to do I Never Want You Around because it's a fun song, but we want to show people a bit more like, hey, we can do this and like this is where our influences are from and, and all that and um, 
So we decided to go with that and we recorded that with a guy called Theo Verney, who is just like the coolest producer we've ever worked with. He's such a nice guy. Um, and he was really hands on with it and just sort of putting in things like, he was like, yo, try this out. And then brought in like a massive timpani drum and being like, okay, I'm doing it. And then I was there doing that for the next hour. Like, it was great. But that stayed in the track. So it just sounds like on the boom, boom, like every, that's the timpani. It sounds nice. great. Like, and just stuff like that. He was throwing stuff in and being creative. And just that environment was really fun to work with. So it didn't change that much, but I feel like he brought out more in us yeah. than we knew we, you know, when we could do. And he's a great guy, he mixed it for us as well. And uh, yeah, so that's, that came out, I think, last Friday. Yeah, and, fresh release. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. And so young, uh, God bless, they're great. And <laughs> did a premiere for us, and that went really well. I kind of get the feeling that your songs might start with one of you making a bit of a demo in your bedroom. Is it like you and Murray that tend to bounce back and it's, forth? Uh, it's mostly Murray. So Murray would be like the, you know, the lead songwriter in this. And um, a lot of the times he will write a song probably on acoustic guitar or, sh or like a short like demo, a rough demo on, on like his computer. And then we'll bring it to me and then we'll sort of sit down together like, okay, let's record this, let's get this sorted. Um, we'll sit down, we'll record it, flesh it out, sort of get everything how we want it to sound to a standard where we can then show people and be like, hey, this is our new single, what do you think? Like, we're going to record this. And, and um, that's kind of how, if you know that I'm Lonely works as well, is Murray kind of walked in with this song. He's like, yeah, I've got this song, came around my house when we, when we weren't living together. And just pulled out the acoustic guitar and I was like, dude, that, like, <laughs> yes. that's awesome. And straight away I was like, let's make it like fast drums, upbeat. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, cool, let's do that. And then um, literally wrote it that day. Took it into the studio like two months later and it didn't change a, a single note. And, Fantastic. Yeah, so. So four of you have become five. When did that happen? Yeah, so Josh, uh, Joshua Buchanan, he is, so uh, at uni he was on my course and me and him grew very close. Uh, we lived together at one point for a year. And so he's been a really close friend of mine for a long time. And so the new single, What Would I Do, as that was sort of like, we're realising this is going to be the new single. We're like, how are we going to play that live? It's, it's like predominantly piano. And yeah. So it was kind of a quick realisation, like, hey, we need someone else. It's either we get a sampler or we get a fifth member. And we're not massively into the whole, like, having a sampler idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it works for some bands, but I feel like we wanted to have a fifth member. So we went for that, we got him in, and turns out we needed him for more than just piano. Like, there's tambourine, there's shaker, backing vocals, yeah. there's bits of organ. And, uh... The thing is, you know, like he just moulded into the band within like a minute. We had our first, so he was like my mate, and they all know they all know him. But like he was my mate, and I was like, oh, come on, let's get Josh. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, let's give him a try. Like one practice, everyone's like, Josh is here. He is alright. Seen Alex and Pete? No, I'm gonna go say hi. To you guys, go enjoy your night. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'll catch you later. Have you seen their fate? Are they around? No, I So you all, Will Murray's fan. Will, Will's. Big sister, he's got two sisters, Will's mum uh -huh. and me, and Will's future brother-in-law. Oh, oh, nice to meet Well, as the listener just heard, I've just been introduced to the Murray team. How did you guys feel about the show tonight? Good gig. No, really, really good gig. Really, really good. How many times have you seen Will perform now? Um, since, well, it depends how old you're saying. If you're saying since about the age of two, then quite a lot. Um, it depends whether you include the gigs in the bedroom or not. Oh, right. So this does go way, way back yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's first. I think get it's a preview to all the songs. I think his first we? gig was his ninth or tenth birthday, oh. and we have actually got a recording somewhere of him 
singing um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> age, age 10, when he didn't know what the word libido meant. <laughs> Don't tell PR that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> It's definitely staying. <laughs> cool. So is that when he felt was that with the guitar? Was yeah, no, with the guitar. He, lo- he loved the guitar. I mean, he learned brass instruments when he was a kid, but his heart was always in the guitar and in the singing. I have to say, I was chatting to some of the guys in the audience earlier tonight and saying um, they were saying, "Well, you know, where did he get his talent from? Did he, did, he, did you always used to play in Beatles music because this sort of '60s vibe that he's got?" Uh-huh. And I said, "No, actually." Um, if he'd had his way, he would have probably been doing Bring Me the Horizon, Slipknot, Metallica, um, you know, any, anything like that. Um, but actually, and all of a sudden, when he, when he was 18, he suddenly started singing these melodies and harmonies and strumming his guitar, and we thought, maybe we haven't done such a bad job. <laughs> I was going to ask if there was a moody teenage phase where he was always wearing black, and don't talk to me, and no, it's loud Did music. you see what he was wearing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> It was like a, was it like a cut, uh, a turtleneck, turtleneck yeah, and a, a blazer on top. Yeah, woolen. Yeah, woolen. Yeah, because it's only thirty degrees outside. Of course, here. Yeah. <laughs> only dripping sweat up there. But it's great. He's got an individuality. He wants, yeah. you know, he wants, he wants to be his own man. He's, they've got a great sound as a band, and it's really been growing over the last three years since the bit the band's been together. So, is this um, the first band he's been in? Uh, no, he actually had he had two or three bands. Well, he had one main band back at home called Whitefly when they were sort of fifteen, sixteen. Um, and uh, they did pretty well. Then he experimented with two or three different genres, um, and then he came to college, and Fur just kind of formed and blossomed from there. So you're saying there's no influence from any of you with regards to music? It just seems to come from nowhere. Well, no. I mean, we're we're, we're a musical family. Okay. I mean, I play I play guitar and piano and clarinet, and his mum plays oboe and is a very good singer, and his. His sisters both play two or three instruments, so um, there's a, there is music in the family, but he's the one who's actually really made something of it. So when he was performing like nine, ten years old, was anyone else performing in the family as well? No? No, not well, really. Actually, we did do a recorder consort at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no. The Maui family band? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah it's, sort of, it's not the Von Trapp family. <laughs> But um, no, he always, as I said, he's always, he's always had that sort of spark in him and that creative spark that he wants to wants to be an individual and play, be his own man and play his own music, and he does that very well. Absolutely, he's a credit to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of all of us, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Roy. I'm glad you enjoyed the night. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah. Thank you. Record. So we've just spoken to the Murray family, okay. and now I am here with Team Flynn. What's your name? Marnie. And how do you know Flynn? I am his sister. So when did you first see him taking an interest in music? Um, I think ever since he was a baby, so there's three years between us. Are you older or younger? I am older. So they're about four. And Flynn actually um, got his finger caught in a blender and had his finger sort of severed off and... For his recovery, he had to play, move his fingers a lot, and he found playing instruments was like his thing. Right. So that is how he discovered his love for the drums. So what was the first instrument he was playing to rehab his finger? Basically? He were playing on um, on a PlayStation or something like that. He was playing uh, <laughs> what's that Guitar Hero? Yeah. Guitar Hero, something like that. Am I getting it in trouble? That was like he had a plastic instrument you kind of had to tap along with. Yes, yes. So that's where it started. What about his taste in music? He's always had a very, very strong taste. Like, he's always... The boys... Because Flynn's a twin. They've always 
Can you talk as well? I feel like I'm here So both boys have always had a keen interest in music. Absolutely. Did they go yeah. through a moody teenage phase where they always dressed in black and they had like loud noise no. from everyone? No. no, no, they've always been lovely, lovely boys. They've always been very polite, very Aww. loving towards their friends and family. <laughs> This is great, this is great. You're doing a fantastic job. So the music they were mostly interested in, did it sound like what he plays with Fur? Yeah, absolutely. My, our granddad and our uncle are mus- were musicians. Um, and I think he maybe took a bit of inspiration from them. So when did he first announce to the family that I'm taking it seriously and here's a band that I'm in? Um, I think it was his first year of university, so about three years ago. Um, when he decided that this is what he was doing and what he really wanted to do and he's never really looked back since. This is the first band he's been in then? No. Am I allowed to say this? Yeah, 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 about it. <laughs> if you don't want to say it, it's fine. So he's been in other bands before. Yeah, he has. He and now has. He's, in this he's one. been in lovely, lovely, but I think only one before. Only one before um, and they were great. They had like some really good successful gigs. But this one has seemed to really be the making of him. And how many? Do you know how many times you've seen him play in Fur now? Does he call you up and like ask you to come along every time? Or? Well, we're a very close family, so we try and go to every one we can. We we live in London, so we go to every single London gig that we can. So. <laughs> and are you telling your friends you check out my brother's band? We it's are, really we are indeed, yeah. Do you embarrass him afterwards by giving yes. him a big old hug? You won't know anything. Absolutely, absolutely. We think that he is great. And yourself, do you play any music at all? Or is it... Unfortunately not. I could sing you a song, but... <laughs> you sing for song to finish. But we're, we're so proud of him. Like, he is amazing. As well you should be. Thank you very much for your time. I'll let you enjoy your cigarettes now. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> so I'm on the Northern Line train. I've met someone who makes music. What's your name? Uh, my name's Fraser Pierce. What's the name of the band you're in? Uh, we, I play in a band for a singer. Her name's Kitty O'Neill. She's a singer-songwriter. Okay. And is she on Instagram or something? Yeah, yeah. Kit- Kitty O'Neill underscore Instagram. That's Kitty O'Neill yeah. underscore. N-E-A-L. That's the one. N-E-A-L. Yeah, that's the one. Have you guys played around me recently? Yeah, we played in... Um, we played in Finsbury, Camden, Villa's Elbow, uh, Hoxton. Um, Where are you playing next? Playing next in Southampton in uh, August. Um, we just finished a two-week tour and we're taking a little break now. Um, but yeah. When are you next playing London, do you know? Playing in London, we don't know yet, but hopefully on our next tour. So if we check you out on Instagram, we should find out Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got an album uh, album on Spotify, iTunes and everything like that. Um, and, yeah. and Kitty O'Neill O apostrophe N-E-A-L yeah that's the one yeah fantastic Kitty yes. like Hello Kitty <laughs> nice. cool. thanks a lot man catch you in a bit cheers and that was that thank you very much to everyone I spoke to that was by far one of the most fun episodes I've recorded in a while so that was Liam and Nina and a little bit of Frederick and a little bit of Romeo as well then it was Harry and then it was the Murray family and then it was Marnie and then it was Fraser. <laughs> First of all, that uh, Murray family, I think he, I think Murray's dad said it was a recorder concert they did. That, that needs to happen. Now it's out there in the universe. I think the people need to see the Murray family on recorder. That sounds amazing. Marnie telling us about Flynn's ooh, somewhat gruesome finger injury. 
That's a very unique origin story for a musician. They injured their finger in a blender, and part of their rehabilitation was to like play a musical instrument, and then the rest is history. And thank you to Fraser for coming up and saying hi on the train. You know, you never know when your opportunity might strike. You've got to shoot the shot whenever you can. So I can respect him for essentially approaching a stranger on the off chance that it could lead to something. I promise nothing. <laughs> but hey, you did it, and at least the name is out there. Kitty O'Neill. Check him out on Instagram and on Spotify. We talked a little bit more afterwards. He plays the double bass, and I asked... It reminded me a bit of Izzy Walsh, who I spoke to on Peggy's Big Sunday a few episodes back. They have a double bass player as well, and the first thing is, how do you move that thing from gig to gig? And Fraser was with someone, I think her name was Alice. Apologies if I've got that wrong, if I've misremembered, but she showed me a picture of Fraser playing the double bass at King's Cross Station because they are based in Southampton and they come to London to check out gigs, etc. from time to time, normally about once a month. And there was one time they missed their train back, so he just started playing the double There was a busker there playing guitar, so Fraser whipped out the double bass and just started playing along. Such is the passion. I really liked the somewhat wide spectrum of musicians that you heard from tonight, from people like Liam and Nina who are chasing a dream and are still in the very early stages, see where it goes, to people like Harry and the band Fur, who are really starting to make waves since the last time I've seen them. They've come leaps and bounds. There were a lot of new songs played last night. You know, the only way is up for those folks. To Fraser, who is... I mean, you never know who you might encounter. If you ever are... You never know who you might brush shoulders with on the street that might also be a musician and might have a whole story to tell. So it was a lot of fun to capture all of those for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. You can follow me online at Saddest Night Out on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email me saddestnightout at gmail.com if you are also a musician in London with a story to share. And otherwise, as for my own music, there's an open mic night happening tonight at the Reliance. It's the usual Tuesday night now that the World Cup is over and Wimbledon is over. It's back to business as usual. I wanted to have new music ready for tonight, but alas, dear listener, I do not. So I am considering whether or not I will take my guitar to play my usuals again. That is what other open mic performers do, and I suppose I should let myself get into that habit. No, don't beat myself up so much if I'm playing the same songs again, but do keep working on newer material. As for what I'm going to play for today's episode... I thought I'd play a bit of piano, because I haven't played this in a while, and my bedroom is scaldingly hot. You can hear my computer fan in the background working overtime. So, this is a short snippet of a cover of a song called Around by Modulo Geek. M-O-D-U-L-O-G-E-E-K. From the soundtrack to the game Hotline Miami 2. And hopefully, I won't, I won't take too many takes to get this right. So I'm putting my phone down. Behind me, hopefully you can... Okay, so I have already recorded the music I wanted to put at the end of this episode, but I have this really latent, niggling fear that if I play someone else's music on this podcast, who knows when, down the line, I could get caught up with for copyright, etc., etc. It's definitely a bit of a paranoid fear, but it is still there. So what I originally played was a cover of a song I really like, only a short snippet of a cover. But instead I'm going to play a short, uh, still short snippet of an original piece. So I mentioned already how 
I might be playing my usuals at the open mic tonight. This is one of those usuals on the piano instead of on the guitar. This piano is a, an old gift from someone. I can't remember how it ended up here, but it's here. And it's definitely out of tune. So they have this slight fear. I'm full of fears. I have this slight fear that everything I play, I'll get so used to how to play on this. That if I play on any other piano or keyboard, I'll think, no, that doesn't feel right. I need to play it on the other one, even though it's out of tune. So this is one of the songs I've essentially got in my set list when it comes to open mics. I normally play it on guitar. Just me and the guitar. But this is what it sounds like on piano. So I'm putting the phone down again. the maestro prepares to perform. Heaven and earth, shake and stir, everything else beneath us. Wings on a bird, safe from the thirst of the heart. And all that it takes, oh how I'd wait, to hear my calling answer. You say, I rewind and play from the start. Girl, love is just a roll of the dice. Nothing has to happen tonight. We can just admire the waves. Girl, love is just a roll of the We'll go with that instead. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. I think I already mentioned how you can find me online, but just in case I didn't, just search for Saddest Night Out as all one word, and you'll find some version of me out there. Till next time, take care.